is a podcast about losing all your money. Welcome back, valued listeners, to the Lose All Your Money podcast. Coming at you live Tuesday, October the 11th, 2022. This quarter, we're doing quarterly now. This quarter, we're going to be talking to NFL, we're going to be talking to NBA futures. And we got a special guest. In addition to myself, Silent Rob, we have Jay Swa, your regular expert, betting freak, etc. Mr. Yoey, why don't you introduce yourself for our guests? Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Not really sure why I'm on this today, but my name's Joey. Friend of these two jokers here, Jay and Rob. Yeah, they reached out, said that they were going to talk about a little NBA today. So always down for some NBA chat. I'm a three-time NBA League Pass subscriber, so mm-hmm. I think that my credentials really speak for themselves there. Just looking purely at that, so thanks for having me That's on. That's huge. How many <laughs> NBA podcasts have you listened to preseason? We'll start with that, maybe. Oh, preseason. There's some ringer ones that I like to listen to, so I've listened mm-hmm. to a few of those. Mm-hmm. Kind of phasing out on the Bill Simmons podcast. He's just okay. not quite doing it for me anymore, but I listen to Zach Lowe pretty regularly, and he had one recently kind of diving into some of the teams, so that's been my main source. So that's far. huge. That's huge. That's already an <laughs> immense leg up on the majority of the market for NBA preseason knowledge. Jay Swack, kick us off, dude. I know we're getting all excited about basketball. You are a hoops guy, but you're a football guy too, dude. Yeah, pass me the rock, Rob. Thank you. Good to see everyone here. Yes, we brought in an expert because my NBA knowledge is quite limited and Rob does know more than me, but I can't have Rob be the expert here. So we brought in Yosef here to help us out. Yeah, we're going to talk about the NFL at the quarter mark. It's just in a, a random, random league. Joey also has plenty of skin in the game with that, being a Packer fan. But yeah, we're just going to go division by division. Kind of talk about the odds now, how those have changed, and just kind of overall sentiment of the league, and then do the same thing with the NBA. Like I said, I'll probably be doing a little bit more of the lifting for the NFL, and then these gentlemen will be leading you for the NBA for the most part. I'll be in here, of course, making the classic jokes and whatnot, but you guys will kind of lead that off. But yeah, Rob, are you ready to go to your favorite NFL? Give me that sweet content too. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah, so we'll start with the AFC East. The Bills kind of have a stranglehold on this division. Bills clearly the best team in the NFL, and it shows the odds here at about minus 600, minus 700 some places to win the division. Dolphins kind of the only ones hanging with him at plus 600, but with the Tua injury, this is pretty much a done deal without a catastrophic injury to the Bills. Patriots and Jets kind of have similar odds, which is very weird to see this early in the season. I think you have the Patriots descending as an organization, whereas the Jets are ascending. doesn't mean they're necessarily a contender. I don't think they're maybe next year, probably two years away, but I think the Patriots are close to a full-on rebuild. Any thoughts on that, gentlemen, for the AFC East? What did Pat's coaching switch change? Are we talking about like total new geological era? Yeah, just age, just age. Just Belichick is it's uh, X's and O's only can get you so much. You know, it's Jim's and Joe's, and they, they just don't have the advantage, especially at quarterback. And it's just time. It's just time. Joey, would you agree or disagree with any of that? No, I was actually going to ask you, Jay. I had heard something that the Patriots don't really have an offensive coordinator. They have two, kind of just co 
existing yeah, as, yeah. is that true? Yeah. Joe judge, who was the former uh, giants coach and Matt Patricia, who was the lions head coach and is known for his defense. Yes. He was, they do a timeshare kind of like joint custody of the offensive coordinator. Duties. So yeah, seems odd. Best thing. <laughs> yes. And it's just stuff like that. You know, it's just time. But yeah, the AFC North is the Ravens, Bengals, Browns, and Steelers. So the Ravens minus 225, Bengals plus 400, plus 300, Browns about plus 500, and the Steelers already researching the draft for next year. I actually made a bet on the Ravens this past weekend. I really liked the spot against the Bengals. They didn't even cover. Luckily, I took the money line in that game, but I was really expecting the Ravens to come out and kind of lay the wood to the Bengals. The Bengals could have very easily won that game, but the Browns kind of treading water right now until Deshaun Watson gets back week 11, week 12. And like I said, the Steelers, they've pretty much got no hope. They just don't have the skill to compete in the modern NFL. Thoughts, feelings on that, gentlemen? Where does this stand compared to where you thought preseason? I don't remember talking about the Steelers being this bad. Is that about right? That's about right. I mean, it's hard because the Steelers have been such a good organization for so long to really like plant a flag into it. Like if I were to look at it kind of like the way you look at things, like maybe analytically and like you covered up the team name, I would have been like plant my flag. This team's really bad. But just because the Steelers have been so good for not even just so good, but just 500 or better for so long, it's hard to, to feel that way. And I wouldn't necessarily count them out, count them out. I just there's pretty much no way they'll make the playoffs. But it wouldn't surprise me if they grind themselves to six or seven wins just based on their organization. But if they were named like the Texans or the Commanders, I would be like, yeah, this team could probably get in the number one pick this year. Jay, you're a big Ravens fan, right? Maryland? Yeah, honestly. The Maryland Ravens, yeah. I've, I've had the conversation, and I do think this is the year. If I had – like a gun was to my head and I had to pick a team who I root for, I would say the Ravens, yeah. Just once they switch to the commanders, it's just the joke is no longer as funny as it used to be. Where do you think the Ravens are? Where would you put the Ravens for uh, like championship odds? I mean, minus 225 for the division, but yeah. So right now they are about 15 to 1, 14 to 1. I do think they're a good dark horse bet for that. That puts them at the about seventh best odds to win. If they can get their defense cleaned up, and it doesn't even have to be dominating in the modern NFL, it's just outscoring people. So if they can get that cleaned up and they have a first-year defensive coordinator, so if they get that cleaned up, which they easily can, I think they're a top five, maybe top three organization, their offense is good enough, especially if they were, if a wide receiver were to emerge as a playmaker for them. Lamar is just such a freaking cheat code. So yeah, I would hold right now. I don't think it's the buy time just because you're going to get, especially this week with the Bills-Chiefs game and you know, the minutia of the season, I would still hold on it, but definitely someone to take a look at. All right. The AFC South, probably the worst division in football. I have some preseason Jaguars tickets to win this division. Right now, the Titans and the Colts are kind of interchangeable favorites, but for them to be a favorite in division just really says everything. The Colts just off of one of the ugliest victories known to man against the Broncos on Thursday night football. I think it was 12 to nine and the Titans just hanging on to Derrick Henry, leading them to any victory they can get. Texans are very scrappy, but they're about 30 to one to win this division. And they're clearly in the rebuild. Anything for the AFC South, gentlemen? No notes on the AFC South. Yeah, Yeah, pass. Pass Pass to everyone. So the division everyone thought was going to be probably the best this year was the AFC West. And it's still very entertaining. It's just been a little underwhelming. The Chiefs last night put on a performance. 
comeback against the Raiders. They are the favorites, and I think rightfully so at minus 225. But even for the Chiefs, I think they've underwhelmed a little bit out of the gate. Chargers also have underwhelmed. They're at about plus 250, plus 300, depending on where you shop. The Broncos, I think, are the most underwhelming out of all the teams. About plus 10 to plus, or excuse me, 10 to 1, maybe 15 to 1. And then the Raiders, I think it's just they don't have the horses. A couple near victories, but they're sitting about 18 to 20 to 1, depending on where you shop. Like I said, I think all these teams have underwhelmed. It's just a different degree to each team. What are you guys seeing out West being, you know, closer to these teams, getting a better sense of the pulse out there? Yeah, I, I still think the Chiefs and Chargers can make it to the Super Bowl and even win the Super Bowl. But the Chargers, Chargers remind me of the word potential. And they say, you know, I mean, I'm a middle school basketball coach. So, you know, what they say in coaching is potential means you're not good right now. And that's kind of how the Chargers are. They have all of the. Is that what you say to middle schoolers? Oh, I say a lot worse to middle schoolers. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, they got to start getting their shit together, is what I would say. But they do have the talent and they have some unlucky injuries, but they do have the talent. Chiefs definitely have the talent but they've underwhelmed slightly. What's the issue with the Chargers? Coaching issue? What's the deal? A little bit. I think the coaching issue with the fourth downs, it's kind of he's gotten the reputation of being like a, a gambler of and whatnot, and now he's making just kind of dumb decisions. The end of the Browns game, going for it at midfield to solidify the game. I don't care what the numbers say. Punt it, and you make Jacoby Brissett go all the way with no timeouts with like less than 30 or 40 seconds left. But – just one man's humble opinion. Where were the Broncos preseason here? Odds-wise? Yeah, so they suck. The Broncos, yeah, they did <laughs> do suck. They're just terrible. They're absolutely terrible. Preseason, you probably saw them around 20 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Oh, wow. Now you're looking at 60 to 70 to 1. They were a dark horse. And there was someone I was like, I got a thing for Russ Wilson. And I do ignore a lot of the shenanigans that he does, but just I, I've always enjoyed him. But objectively, he has looked bad. He's looked bad to start the year. And, and also other aspects, Nathaniel Hackett, their coach, has made some kind of bonehead decisions as well. And yeah, so I agree with uh, Joey's assessment there. Uh, the NFC East, probably the most surprising division. I think the Eagles are for real. I think the Cowboys, if Prescott can come back, are for real. The Eagles are minus 330 favorites. They're a good bet, not literally, to win the division, as I think the, the odds have moved too much. But I, I do think they're the 80%, 90% chance of winning that division. I think the Cowboys, like I said, if big if Dak comes back and can be a passing force, their defense is no joke. But we know how important offense and passing the ball is in the NFL. Uh, Giants are, I believe, 4-1. and one. They're not a 4-1 and one team. They're playing above water. But Brian Dable is a great coach. I shouldn't say a great coach. He was a great coordinator, great offensive mind, and he's gotten off to a hot start. I do think it's a relatively small sample size. Plus, they beat the Packers, who, you know, the Packers aren't any good, right, Joey? So. They're not. <laughs> They're, well, see, really that's how not. you know. And we'll, and we'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll move to the NFC North next. All right, sorry, we forgot to talk about the Washington Commanders, who can easily take down a Super Bowl here at uh, plus 500 tier. They're a fucking dog shit organization, which just, I couldn't be happier that it's happening to them. Uh, but yes, the NFC North, the Vikings are actually small favorites. Packers preseason were favorites. It's kind of a two-horse race with the Vikings and the Packers. Both teams have plenty of holes. Uh, I do think the Vikings have less, but the Packers still have Aaron Rodgers. But with Aaron Rodgers and his drug use, there is definitely downside. There's a wide range of outcomes of how the year could go. Joey, insights on the Pack Nation. Ooh, where to start? Honestly, three and two, probably not where they wanted to be at this point, losing to the Giants when they 
definitely should have won that game. They had it. They're up 17 to three, I think. Yeah, it sounds simple, but it's a whole new offense, all new receivers that he's throwing to. He's definitely not on the same page with most of them outside of Randall Cobb, who is clearly his uh, security blanket. Every time it's third down and long, it doesn't matter if he's double covered, he's going to Randall Cobb. So I think, you know, they have time to work it out. They do have, I think, one of the best backfields in the NFL with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. So I know that uh, a lot of Packer nation is emphasizing or wanting them to run the ball more, especially on first down. That was the one thing in the game against the giants. I think perfect example, the giants drove the ball down in the second half. I think they took like almost nine minutes off the clock. And then it was the Packers. They had to respond and they went three passes, three and out took 20 seconds off the clock because they just tried to rely on the passing game. But yeah, got to go to those those backs. They're they're good, so you got to feed them. I don't think it's all doom and gloom. Like I said, they definitely have time to figure it out. Luckily, they're in a you know not a great division. You know, they have the Vikings there, but they can figure some things out. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's an interesting year for the Packers right now. Can go one of two ways. Yeah, and from a betting perspective, they've kind of over you know, they've kind of played above water for two years in terms of what their preseason expectations were. And a lot of that's Aaron Rodgers, a good bit of his his randomness. So, you know, them kind of coming back is not the biggest shock in the world. But yeah, the biggest noticeable thing is just the lack of confidence to his receivers. And I'm sure that's a feedback loop. I mean, Rodgers is a weird dude and they're young trying to learn the NFL, blah, blah, blah. So, but yeah, and just play devil's advocate with the Vikings, first year head coach, and Kirk Cousins is a notorious self-destruction. Perfect example is last game that he started out 14 for 14 and then almost blew the game to the Bears. They luckily came back and won. But I probably don't see a Super Bowl winner out of this division, but I definitely had to in terms of whose ceiling is higher. It's definitely the Packers for this year. NFC South, this is kind of an underwhelming division as well. The Buccaneers, strong favorites. I don't think they should be nearly as strong as they are or their odds take. So I would actually might look at taking a bet on the saints here. I see nine to one available right here. I haven't shopped that, but that seems like a wrong number on DraftKings. but I think nine to one to take the saints is a, is a good bet. Not even that. I like the saints that much. I just think the Buccaneers, Tom Brady is obviously dealing with stuff, but he's just even on the field stuff. They're underwhelming. They're good. They're just not what the odds are saying good right now. Gins, the clear rebuild, they're playing hard. They just, they don't have the horses. And then the Panthers just fired their coach. Baker Mayfield's out for two to six weeks. Sam Darnold, you know, maybe if you see a fire get lit under this team, maybe you can look at the Panthers, but no one out of this division, I really think can win a Super Bowl unless the Buccaneers really get back to their offensive dominance ways. Finally, the NFC West, if you gentlemen don't have any objections, the Niners, Rams, Cardinals, Seahawks, a number of teams who have kind of underwhelmed for different reasons. Niners minus 180, maybe it's down to 150 some places. Rams, they're at plus 200. Cardinals at around eight or nine to one and the Seahawks at 30 to one. Relative to everyone else, I think the the Niners have underwhelmed a lot because of Trey Lance's injury. So more of an external thing than an internal thing. But Rams, Rams look bad or at least they look average to below average. Cardinals look like they have some serious issues and the Seahawks are not playing, I think, for this year, given the Russ rebuild. Thoughts on the NFC West, gentlemen? Do you like anyone for maybe a reversion to the mean? Anyone underplaying or overplaying expectations over here? 
Yeah, like I said, in the NFC, there's really not much that I like in terms of like someone who has shown maybe the metrics are showing better than the, their their record or their odds right now. I think it's really a big holding period. I think a lot of people are stuck in the mud there in that second to third tier. The Bills are, set, are definitely in their own tier, but from an odds perspective, taking a three to one, four to one to win the Super Bowl is just just not a, a smart thing to do especially since they could play the Chiefs again in the AFC division or championship, depending on how things play out, when that is the de facto Super Bowl. But yeah, maybe an eye on the Ravens. If I had a better team, considering their odds right now to make the Super Bowl, I'd probably do the 49ers. I just think they've been there before. They, they It just all comes down to Jimmy G. But there's not a lot I like of the NFC, to be honest with you. How about you guys? Any thoughts on if you had to pick a team from the NFC or, or anything of that nature? Well, looking at those NFC West division odds, the Cardinals have looked pretty bad, pretty dog shit, kind of like the Broncos. But I do know they have a really good receiver coming back soon from suspension. Do you think that is worth keeping an eye on or kind of buying low here before he comes back? Looking at the actual number, I think that's a good number to bet. But I just, between Kyler and Cliff Kingsbury, I just, they don't have the leadership to really win. I don't think to make a Super Bowl. It seems like there's always drama coming out of there. And to me, they reek of a non-professional organization. And that's just one man's humble. I mean, they have talent. Kyler has a talent. And that's how it feels to me. And it's not like the, the Washington Commanders. I just mean like that with the Kyler saga and then Cliff. I mean, how much of a – you know what I mean? And I think a lot of that might be I'm assuming here. But – I just don't see how Cliff Kingsbury can control an NFL locker room. And then Kyler is not helping men fences within that. Maybe I'm making that up. I, no. That's just what I see from an external thing. I think I agree. My wife's whole family, all diehard Cardinals fans. And it's hilarious watching them watch a Cardinals game. Cause they all just like older guys, like 50s, 60s, they hate Kyler Murray <laughs> and they have for yeah. years. They're like, I mean, they're, they have a pretty simple analysis. He's just too short. There's no way that he can play quarterback. <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. A lot of fans of the Cardinals. We have a listener, Jumpa Man, JB. He texts me anytime Kyler fucks up, and he's like, he's just not it. And I'm like, I agree. I agree. So he's physically hard to watch. Yeah. On like TV watching him. Yeah. It's like, because it's sort of like knowing that the potential is there and like how many like, kind of surprising, brilliant, like Lamar, like drives he's had. And then watching the, the end product is like, no. it's also weird. Cause it, see, I mean, I know Hopkins is out, but it seems like everyone on their offense is really tiny. Like they have the smallest team. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and <laughs> fast, right? Rondell Moore, Rondell Moore, super fast. Greg Dorch, super Mar- fast. Hollywood Brown. Brown. Yeah, but you're exactly right. And then you got old man Ertz in there just chilling. Okay, let's. I mean, Super Bowl prediction. If I had to make a Super Bowl I, right now, I'd say Niners Bills. I mean, boring. Niners aren't even that that big of a favorite. Is that a spicy take at all? No, not really. I mean, the Eagles would be chalk. Would be Eagles Bills right now. <laughs> Bills are still chalky. Oh, <laughs> Bills still take the Bills. Bills are yeah. The, like, we've talked about that. The NFC like the ultra chalk is yeah. Yeah. NBA talk boys. Let's go NBA. Joey, how do you want to introduce this NBA season? Maybe a little commentary on anything that's happened in the offseason, just any Oof. you know events or videos that we <laughs> might have seen. Or Yeah, interesting timing there. There was a, a recent video, I think, was that last week? 
that the yeah yeah video well i guess first the story came out about draymond green getting in a fight at practice with jordan Poole, one of the good up-and-coming players on the warriors i think really good he's you know fits in perfect with their offense but yeah i think at first had a great finals too right yeah he's uh I think he, I mean, one of those guys that just fall, fell in the perfect organization for him and his playing style and just learning from Steph and, you know, guys that play like him at the highest level. But I think at first that story was like, oh, whatever, like people fight and practice all the time. And then a video got leaked of the actual fight. It seemed like less of a fight and more of uh, Draymond just walking up to Jordan Poole, got in his face, Jordan Poole pushed him away, which I think was valid. I mean, he was right in his face. And then... Draymond just full on clocked him like UFC just threw everything at it. So interesting wrinkle there. Honestly, I think now that it's been a few days, probably not a huge deal. I know that, you know, Draymond might get suspended a few games or something like that, but I don't know. This is the first time that a video like that has been leaked in practice, but you've heard of stories like this all the time of people getting, you know, punched in, in fights at practice. So I don't know if that would, you know, be a huge reason to be down on the Warriors. They, uh, they're still very good defending champs. And I think they're only going to be better this year, but yeah, that's the most recent, I think, exciting news from the NBA. That is a very fun one. I went through, I can like see myself on every take on every side of that take, right? Like, Oh my God, how can I do this? Irreparable damage to the team. And then I'm like, wait a second. No, maybe not. And then, Maybe it's fine. And then Draymond's apology, I don't know if he had a chance to do that, Joey. Really strange. He like mentioned he mentioned how Jordan Poole and his family are embarrassed. (laughs) And it was like, okay, it feels like you're actually still still digging at him when you say that publicly. Uh, anyway, weird little thing. I agree though that this is just like a fun news item more so than like an actual thing. Maybe we use that to jump into the straight to Pacific division odds, dude. Which, if we're looking at them, it looks like it depends on where you go as to who the favorite in the Pacific Division is. Uh, I see Clippers and Warriors both close at about plus 200. I don't know if I'm buying the Clippers yet. I'm definitely like repeating a take from someone else. and I can't remember who said this, but Clippers, insanely talented. But Warriors, like, how could you... Like, I, if I invert those and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go along the Warriors or along the Clippers and short the Warriors. Like, I do not know how you make that bet. No, on even, yeah. Same odds. I I think Warriors are clear, clear pick there. Like I said, I mean, defending champs and I think they're only going to be better this year. Like Clay will have a full year now, like after coming back from his injury. And Mm -hmm. I think they're, you know, obviously Jordan Poole, he's only getting better as, you know, one of their, their primary scorers. And I think they're, I mean, their young guys are really good. Kaminga, Moody, like if they just kind of find their role in the team, just, you know, defense, rebounds, just getting points when they can. I think they're only going to be better. Obviously the Clippers are going to be better as well, but more question marks there in terms of Kawhi, like how much is he going to play? He goes rogue sometimes during the middle of the season. So yeah, I'm with you there on, on Warriors. Yep, rounding out division, Suns plus 200. Actually, now that I look at it, right in the mix with <laughs> with the Warriors yeah. Clippers, like very, it's really three bunched together between Suns, Warriors, Clippers, and the, and the Pacific. Yeah, I think this division probably encapsulates with most of the league, like a lot of parity at the top. Like even if you're just looking at purely NBA mm-hmm. championship odds, there's 
I mean, there's probably nine or 10 teams who legitimately think that they can win it all this year, which I don't know, obviously like during the Warriors dynasty years, like it was, okay, there's, you know, the Warriors and then there's maybe, you know, the Cavs and maybe another team that could actually win. But yeah, I don't know. The Suns obviously had a really good regular season last year, just one of the worst playoff performances I think we've ever seen (laughs) against the Mavericks. Yeah. I don't know. I'm pretty down on the Suns compared to last year. I don't know. I'd be curious to know what their over under win total would be for next year. Because they were it's 60. It's got to be pretty, pretty high yeah. this I mean, regular season expectations. Yeah, they're 61 teams. As you use your internet to look that up, I just a good note for people when you are betting these things. When you're betting a future, just remembering like when the best time is. So, like you mentioned, the Clippers, who are obviously piecing stuff together, it's like it's highly likely that the number will be better sometime in the year, right? And whereas maybe the Warriors, a more established team, you know, that might not be the case as much. But yeah, that's crazy. The three in the same division. And then we haven't even talked about those Lakers, which yeah. is funny. <laughs> Lakers plus 800 plus 950. You can shop that one if you're into that. You probably have a gambling problem if you're betting yeah. the Lakers preseason Agreed. on the division. But the only, I think the only disclosures. That's reason that's to bet that is to think that they are going to make an early trade in the season and get Russ out of there. I know they're. Talked about Buddy Heal, Miles Turner, just like different packages because they know that you know LeBron has a, a few more years too, maybe at the level he's at right now. And I mean, they still have Anthony Davis, who, you know, injuries aside, I think probably legitimately a top ten player in the NBA when he's got it going. But I don't know. I I forget they signed some weird off season like role players like Lonnie Walker. I remember being one. I don't know. Just. Schroeder, oh, Schroeder, big time. Schroeder's I back for him. I just hate that. Fix <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, my stomach. Ouchies. Yeah, I think that would probably. I mean, again, it's just such a stack. Like the Western Conference is just stacked. So it's going to be tough for them to come by wins. Agreed. Let's stay in the West and head Southwest Division. I'm just going to read these out at the top are the Grizzlies at plus 105, plus 110, followed by the Mavericks, plus 140-ish, followed by the Pelicans, team that can make some noise, plus 400, plus 350, and then rounding out the Stratosphere are the Rockets and the Spurs, both of which have very, very low odds to do anything division-wise. Yoey, anything standing out to you here? I mean, I kind of like, I do kind of like the Pelicans this year. I don't know if you saw Zion. Coming back to media day, looking good, nice and slim, mm-hmm. slim Zion. So looking great. Know, it seems like he's at least got the conditioning thing figured out. And I don't know, I personally, I kind of forget how dominant and good he is just because he hasn't played much in the NBA so far. But I kind of like their team. I mean, they obviously showed a lot against the Suns last year in the playoffs in the first round. And they look good. They're got some really good role players. So I kind of, I mean, from a pure odds standpoint, I like the Pelicans there. Personally, I think just team-wise, I, I like the Mavericks a lot. Just Luca, I think, you know, top three player. I think he's probably the top betting favorite for MVP this year. They probably have some other moves to make during the season. But, yeah. I, Do you know if they did anything in the offseason, the Mavericks? Well, they lost Jalen Brunson. <laughs> yes. Dinwiddie looked pretty that. good. Spencer Dinwiddie. That's kind of like secondary ball handler. Christian Wood, I believe, is coming off the bench for them. 
this year. Yeah, mm. it'll be, I mean, that's a really good six man to have kind of pick and pop with Luca. I don't know. For, I just love Luca. I love his game. And a lot of the time with these types of teams, that just comes down to like having the best player on the court at any given time. And like he can just dominate the game. So, yeah, Mavericks are an easy team to love for sure. I think a little harder to love in the regular season, but like a true playoff threat like we saw last year. I'm with you on loving the Pelicans. This is just like a kind of a, these three at the top, Grizzlies, Mavs, Pelicans, there's a lot to like on all these teams. I think the Grizzlies are interesting to be, I mean, they're, they're only narrowly favored preseason over the Pelicans. I think they, so gutsy, so young. Yeah, tell me about the Grizz, man. I've, as somebody more casual in the NBA, I, I think they're a team definitely on the rise, yeah? Jarvin Morant, ever heard of him? I read about him, yeah. <laughs> you know this guy. Grizzlies are awesome. The most like fuck you in your face, knock you down team. Grand grind Grizzlies. It is kind of cool because that was like when they had like Grinders. And, and they had all those playoff runs. That was like their kind of culture and it seems like it's still there. They're just, I mean, John Morant kind of runs the show from like a scoring standpoint, but yeah, I feel like throughout the roster, Desmond Bain, Brandon Clark, like all those role playing guys, they all play great defense and yeah, they'll get after it. And they're su- a tough playing team. Jared Jackson Jr. injured to start the year, but I want to say that it's like the prognosis is pretty good. Like the timetable keeps coming down rather than getting extended. So hoping, hoping he comes back. I think that that he's an absolute linchpin of of their team, and they will be much much worse if he's worse for the wear this year. Yeah. What about the Northwest? I know before the show, Joey was talking about some interest with the Nuggets there, their short favorite over the Timberwolves, kind of neck and neck. The Trailblazers are kind of in no man's land. They're at plus 800. And then the Jazz and Thunder are obviously playing the long game, the, the smart ones, obviously, in the room. What are your thoughts on that one? Nuggets are sick. That's all I keep hearing. Really, really talented. Jamal Murray at full speed. There's this guy named Mikula who apparently can do some things. I love... The idea of three MVPs in a row hasn't happened in, I don't know, a really long time. He's just, yeah, he's a beast. I think the thing that I keep coming back to, and not to leak any alpha before our fantasy basketball draft, but like you can't actually extrapolate injury history forward in basketball like very well. The correlations are kind of spurious. You'll, you'll be like, oh, yeah, you know, this guy missed a lot of time on my fantasy team two years ago. Therefore, he can't have a healthy season this year. Not true at all. That can definitely happen. And sadly, for someone like Jokic, who's played a shit ton of minutes and is enormous and hasn't missed a lot of time, that durability thing is there. But yeah, Nuggets are insanely good. I think a clear favorite in this division at minus 140. The T-Wolves, I haven't watched in preseason yet, but I don't, I gotta say, I don't quite get the roster construction idea with their two clearly best players, but being fives is carl anthony gonna play at the four i guess so the, yeah they have, a, they have a weird team to me i think the go bear like from an odd standpoint just seeing these for the first time that's probably why they're you know plus 140 versus the nuggets at minus 140 just because we know go bear is such a great regular season player but i mean once you get to the playoffs it's like how effective is he going to be and can you play him in carl anthony towns Carl Anthony Towns, I think, has been pretty dog shit in the playoffs. Like, you know, has not played up to what he should be as being, you know, 
I think it's pretty clear he's not like number one at this point. Like that's where they're gonna have to hope that Anthony Edwards is steps up and he's like yeah. you know, that guy for them. But yeah, not crazy. Have never really been crazy about the Timberwolves. It is, yeah. Yeah, which I think is big. totally like, possible. In terms of players you want to watch, like highlights, he's I mean, top of the list there with I'd say Morant. And I mean to give them some credit, because I mean I think that's a logical conclusion, right? What, making that trade, like, how's that going to work? But it's kind of an if-then scenario. Like, if Anthony Edwards is legit, like, they have something to, going here, right? And if they don't, then they're kind of fucked. But at least they're kind of stuck in the mud there, right? Where it's like if they, they have Towns and Edwards and, hey, they can get a, a third person. So, But if-then is like a 5% chance, right? You know, Whereas the Nuggets are pretty shorthanded. And, yeah, you get some questionable players in Porter – and hopefully Murray coming back, but they seem to be more of a safer bet if that makes any sense from an outsider's perspective, which is which is all. Nuggets are both deep and talented, and they're like top five. They're, they got a lot going for them. A pretty safe bet to have a really high floor this season. Nice, very season. cool. And they've been there for the most part, like Jokic and Murray. Like they've been in some pretty yep. big series before together. Like so, right? Agreed. As we head to the Atlantic Division. Got a kind of stacked division one through four. Celtics at the top, 120 plus 125 plus 135, 140. Nets of Brooklyn, plus 185 to plus 230. 76ers, plus 300-ish. And the Toronto Raptors, plus 800 to 1300. Always shop these damn futures prices. Knicks rounding at the bottom at plus 6,000 or so. A lot to like over here, honestly, and a lot. We kind of have this three-team up at the top where the Sixers, Nets, and Celtics are pretty closely aligned, and the Raptors coming up behind. But I've, you know, like Joey, listened to a few pods, and everyone loves the Raptors this year. Mm-hmm. Raptors looking looking really good, but this is a, a stacked-ass division. Yeah. Shades of uh, the Pacific out west. I think it mm-hmm. looks like mm-hmm. six of the top seven favorites are between the Pacific and Atlantic divisions. Yep. Checks out. I think the, Sorry, Joe, who do you I like mean, dislike the, for regular season at least? I think the Celtics are fine being the favorites here. They brought everyone back and uh, Malcolm Brogdon added to the team. I think he'll be a good addition kind of theme here, assuming that he stays healthy throughout the season. But yeah, I think a lot to like with the Celtics. The only thing is uh, their coach is, no longer with the organization. I actually don't know where that stands right now. He's not going to be coaching this year. It seems like some internal. He's with another member. Yeah. He's with another member of the <laughs> apparently organization, yeah. unfortunately. But yeah, can I interject with the layman's opinion with the 76ers? I think kind of lost in all the noise is the fact that you have Harden and, and Embiid. And I mean, obviously they have a, I can see it blowing up too, just because Harden is such a, a weird cat. But I got to imagine they have some sort of upside, especially with Daryl Morey knowing how to build a team around James Harden's game and Joel Embiid being one of the rarer players in the NBA. Am I lost on that take or, or is there some merit to that? No, I, I really do like one through four in this division. I'm, I'm totally with you. 76ers could surprise to the upside to have like conference finals or finals potential this year for sure. Absolutely. Just talent wise. And I mean, looking at like the, if you're just looking purely at championship odds, plus 1600, like I like that with the Sixers more than, you know, the Nets at plus 700 or even, 
you know, I'd say the Celtics at plus 600, just from an odd standpoint. Like you said, getting the playoffs, if Harden's going, you have Embiid, no reason they can't win a championship just built around those two guys. Nice. And also I can see Murray trying, I mean, I know they're, they're cap hamstrung, but making a trade at the deadline too, to try to make that happen. I mean, obviously other GMs are going to do the same thing, but how about the central division? A little less parity, a little bit more dominance. Kind of shocked to see the Cavs there, Rob, being that close. I, I would think the gap would be bigger. Yeah, I don't know. I would like to see the change in odds maybe pre-Donovan Mitchell trade to post. But the Cavs have a good bit of talent. And the Cavs yeah. were spicy last year on the play-in they, and had a really good end second half of the season. I mean, Yeah, before getting Donovan Mitchell, obviously, in the big trade in the offseason, the Cavs – how many wins do they have? 44 wins last year, which, I mean, they were definitely not expected. They're way ahead of their timeline for, like, kind of the rebuild here. And I think that's probably why they jumped at getting, you know, a guy like Donovan Mitchell, because Mitchell, they see, you know, they could actually build something here with Mobley, hopefully having a, a full season. Garland is, you know, really good. They, they definitely hit on that one. So, yeah, I, honestly, I don't – from just, like, purely regular season – you know, standpoint, the Bucks are an injury away from the Cavs probably being the favorite there. Agreed. Yeah, it's sort of like the we were talking about these teams that like have a really good like Bucks are serious championship contenders. I'm not sure how high winning the division is on the like no one's putting that on their mantle in Milwaukee. So I like that from just like a regular season kind of optimization. You know, sitting players, etc standpoint for the Cavs who are second in line bulls at plus 600 plus 850 I think of a lot of holes in their roster there was a point last year where I was really high on the bulls super interesting that a lot of injuries last year Pistons and Pacers trending at the bottom pretty ugly I will say the Bucks I'm surprised to see on finals odds are fourth behind Boston Golden State and the Clippers if I could do a long short trade I'd go long Bucks short Clippers to win the finals. That seems inverted to me. Very nice. Anything you disagree with or you want to move on to the Southeast there, Joey? Let's move it along. Southeast. Take your home to the Southeast. We got uh, the heat, small favorite minus 150 Some places, obviously around there at other places, the Hawks right behind him at plus 170, and then the Hornets. I'm kind of as a layman looking at this kind of shocked to see them this far out at plus 1400 and then the wizards and magic just bringing up the rear magic tanking and looks like wizards kind of in no man's land with that bradley beal contract thoughts on this gentlemen hornets i think are in pretty bad shape bridges news in the offseason really bad is he gonna play in the nba again what's the, what's the latest on on miles bridges not playing this year i wouldn't think <laughs> yeah yeah really bad off the court stuff there i think they're in very much in no man's land too I think they make a coaching change as well. Or do they stick with, what's his name, Borrego? Borrego's out. I don't Borrego's know who their coach is now. New coach. I would think that at this point, they probably just want to rebuild around Lamelo, figure yeah. some things out. I, honestly, looking at it, the West has always been like kind of the superior league, but I mean, looking at it now, the East, there's a lot of good teams. Even looking like the right above the Hornets there with the Hawks. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're like a championship contender, but they obviously have Trey Young. They got DeJounte Murray in the offseason. That, that'll be interesting. They have a, got a lot of good young players, but I wouldn't think the 
Hornets have much to play for, I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, they get off to a slow start and like a lot of other teams start to try to tank for Wimbenyama or all these other really good players that are coming into the draft next year. The Hornets are the inverse of the Cavs, who at one point we would have had in like similar buckets and the Cavs took off to the upside, had a lot of things hit. The Hornets dominoes fell in the other direction. It's a little bit of a like sort of a cheat code for the Heat to be in this division like perennially and not and play like some of the worst teams and like keep making it deep in the playoffs because they're just organizationally, you know, I don't know, a good, good step ahead of the second and third place teams here. Another team that like I don't think cares that no. much about the regular season, their championship on the line. Very good, very good. But it is interesting now, like with all those teams, you know, at a, at a certain extent, you know, you're going to want to have play for the good seeds in the East. Like I think everyone's going to want that. Obviously, top three, and you can't just like slack it because there are you know there's a lot of good talent um, really in both conferences. Very nice. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is the parody aspect that you guys talked about. I mean, for our pretty much entire life, it's been a top heavy league, you know, with like four, maybe five people to win the championship. But I think you can make a good argument. Eight to maybe even 10 teams could get to the championship, if not even win it. So I, I do think it'll be a great regular season. I will try to catch it more often. Rob is about say maybe six or seven years ago told me that how much he liked the NBA. And at first I was like, what are you talking about? And then I slowly came around to it. And for a sports league, they are very well run. They know their audience. They know how to market it. And they're just fun. Yeah, good product. They're just fun. You know, whereas the NFL, a lot of times you're like shaking your head as you're addicted to the NFL. As someone who is addicted to the NFL, you're like, why? All the drugs I could have picked, I picked the fucking NFL. So yeah. Any hot takes before we get out of here? I just want to comment in the Pacific Division. We talked about the Lakers and then Rob just went right along to the next division before talking about the Sacramento Kings. What's up with that? <laughs> Kings Wizards, Kings Wizards Super Bowl Dude. basketball style. Do the Kings have the worst? Are they actually the bottom? They're in the spotlight recently after the Mariners made the playoffs. They're the oh, that's right. sports organization with the longest <laughs> running playoff drought. <laughs> Which I do, I think I say this every year, I legitimately think that they can make the playoffs, meaning that they can make, you know, a play-in game yeah. to make it into the playoffs. I think they actually did, I think, had a good offseason by their standards. They, you know, got rid of Vadi Divac as the GM a couple of years ago, brought in someone that seems to be at least competent and it's made some, I think, really good draft picks. I think I would like to see the odds for uh, rookie of the year. Keegan Murray is Ooh. a Beast. I don't know. I've obviously watched too much uh, Kings basketball, probably more than most. But summer league and even into the some of these preseason games, he's not starting yet. I think he might at some point. But I mean, he is really good. He's a great shooter. He's got to be shooting over like forty percent in the preseason, and he's going to get looks on this team. So he's. Uh, I remember a lot of people really liking that pick. He's about 600, it looks like, plus 600, 6 to 1 odds in most places. I'm sure you can get better numbers. Where does that – I got a FanDuel, yeah. but I'm sure you can get better odds who's, somewhere than that. Who's above him? Is he like – Panchero and Holmgren. Chet. Holmgren's above him? Well, Holm- yeah. Maybe I'm looking at – this is from the summer. This is from the summer, so maybe – Okay, yeah. 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 Holmgren's out. Okay. Well, there you go. I'm pretty sharp when it comes to the NBA. <laughs> A short, short chat for, for this yeah, year. Yeah, sorry. Okay, so Panchero is now like plus 200. 
and Murray is like plus 550, Ivy plus 550, Jabari Smith 600. Those are the only ones with single digit. Okay, odds. so he is like second. Yeah. All right, people are catching up. Awesome. Missed it. Well, Rob, any hot takes before we get out of here? No, I hope to win at fantasy basketball. That's my hot take. Back-to-back championships, haven't you? Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. No, it. you've won it the last two, though, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. No, I won it like uh, Jokic wants a third MVP. So, yeah. Oh, Fuck that. All right. Well, Joey, <laughs> I really appreciate you coming in and listening to Rob ramble. And, yeah, we'll catch you all next time. Peace, boys. Later, fellas.